Welcome to The Lisa Show and our book club. This season, we're reading More Than a Body by Lindsay and Lexi Kite. And I'm really excited that we've got some great guests to discuss part two of chapter five, and I'll let them introduce themselves. First of all, we have... Hi, I'm Alex, or you can call me Sassy. Uh, my blog is called Sassy Confetti. Uh, I am a body positive influencer, um, and I also have a uh, podcast called Swipe Fat. We talk about dating as plus size women. So I talk in on my blog and um, on my Instagram and TikTok. I talk a lot about um, being plus size, but also just like how that relates to my everyday life. Um, whether that be um, dating or, you know, fitness, working out, all those types of things. Great. And also with us, we have... I'm Stephanie, and I have a social media account called I Am Stephanie Michelle. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm trying to get on TikTok, but I'm not feeling it so much. So we'll see about that. But <laughs> I, I, um, I also... <laughs> Can yeah, I? it's hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> I co-host a podcast called Life After Diets, and I am a um, coach for intuitive eating, binge eating recovery, disordered relationships with food uh, and body image. So um, yeah, that's me. So both completely qualified and <laughs> exciting to have <laughs> for this discussion when we're talking about more than a body and specifically chapter five. And for those of you who um, joined us for part one of chapter five, awesome, we're going to dive right in. And for those who haven't, go back and listen to part one of chapter five. We talked a lot about what it really means to be healthy and how we have weaponized that, that word healthy um, and we really equate it to thinness still. And just like we need to reclaim our own bodies, we also need to reclaim what health um, and fitness really mean for each of us individually, but it also helps make things easier for everyone around us, including the next generation. We've got to solve this problem because as we talked about in chapter, um, in the first part of chapter five, the statistics are that most people are struggling with this, that 30 million, you know, adults have an eating disorder. So this isn't something that we really have figured out. And it is a discussion that everyone really needs to have. So in the second part of chapter five, I want to st start off on page 233 um, with these sentiments that were written. We're set up for failure when our body ideals are over-promising on the life improvements they claim to offer, or when they are always just out of reach thanks to the limits of genetics and the false promises of Photoshop and undisclosed surgical intervention. And I, I think that a lot of times when we talk about health and, oh, she looks so good for her age, or she looks so good for this, or the before and after photos that we see everywhere, we don't have all of the information, right? We know that Photoshop exists, right? But we don't know what photos that we're seeing are being Photoshopped or not. We don't know exactly what surgical procedures different people have had. I, You know, there are some surgical procedures I'm sure that we don't even know exist, right? Because we don't have, a, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much money you guys have, but like <laughs> that is just reserved <laughs> for the few, right? The, you know, and- right. Not for us regulars. And um, and all of these kinds of... And genetics. We never talk about genetics. But if you yeah. take any science class, you know, in this body um, image series, I've talked to a lot of people who study this, right? And and 
everyone has said, oh, genetics plays a lot of a larger role than than we ever even admit or talk about. I don't think I've ever really heard genetics really talked about a ton um, in relation to diet and fitness and um, health, you know, on social media, which is where most people get their information now. So I'm curious as to these ideals and what your personal experience has been of just, you know— Almost making it. Has anyone made all of the ideals? Has anybody in the history <laughs> of the world? Even the people that um, have, I've worked with models. Um, and the coach that I actually studied under was a Victoria's Secret model um, personal trainer. And the reason that she got into coaching, body image coaching, was because she was hearing Victoria's Secret models um, complaining about their bodies and have, you know, nitpicking little things in their bodies and thought to herself, like, if Victoria's Secret models can't be happy, yeah. okay, like then this is a never-ending quest um, because because I think really we're chasing a feeling, mm-hmm. we're chasing this idea of what this will bring, and then we get there and we're still having our feelings, <laughs> and we still have the same self-image and you know um, problems and all this stuff. And that was my experience too. It was like this promised land that didn't really pan out. So you just keep chasing and you keep thinking, oh well, I have to do yeah. this, and then yeah. same like aging. I think that like all the treatments. And well, when I look like this, mm-hmm. then I will, then I will, then I will. And you're always putting it off and kicking it down the curb. Um, but I think that's why, I mean, in a lot of ways, body image is just that sort of that ruse for covering up other things. Um, then we're just hoping that will fix it. And then <laughs> we'll be, be done. makes us feel okay with ourselves. And then we can think about something yeah. else. But it, but you, no yeah. one ever when I, when I gets have there. Time, when I can get there. Yeah. Right. Or all my problems yeah. will be solved yeah. if I'm thin. I think that's what so many people think. Have you guys ever thought that or been in a situation? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of my life, I feel like I was like, <laughs> if I'm thin, then someone will love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that. Or um, once I'm thin, I can do all those things that I thought like I had to wait to do until I was skinnier, you know? Like there's just so much of that, which is so untrue. Yeah. Um, and we talk a lot about that on our podcast, uh, Swipe Fat, because like, especially with plus size women, I think that they just think things aren't for them um, because society basically tells them they're not, you know, like you need to be thin for that. You need to be thin to be in a relationship. No guy is going to like you. I mean, I don't like my grandma used to say stuff like that to me when I was a kid, you know, like for a man to love you, you need to be like thinner. Mm. Um, I know it's so... And I don't think she was saying it in a harmful way. No, right? She was just because reflecting what just she like, had heard probably as well. Yeah. And how she grew up and like what her mom told mm-hmm. her. And it's it's just like this generational trauma, right? Of like mm. being told you have to be something for things to work out mm-hmm. for you, which is not accurate at all. Like I met my ex at my biggest weight ever. And, you know, like things can happen. Good things can happen to you if you want them to happen to you and you're ready to receive them. And I think like you, but you have to like do the work of reclaiming your identity and reclaiming, you know, like saying that your body isn't something that needs to be worked on all the time. Yeah. It's, but it's a big thing to a hurdle to go over. And I think even if you think that you have a good, you know, body image or self-confidence that no one is immune you know, I had five children, and after um, I had my fifth, I was like, I'm going to get really healthy, right? 
And I thought I meant healthy because I was like, I'm tired all the time. Well, of course I was. I have five kids in 10 years. Like I was exhausted. Like I'm still exhausted. Like I'll always, that was the choice I made to be exhausted for the rest of my life. But anyway, um, (laughs) and I did things to be healthy, you know, as best I could, you know, because I thought I would get to this kind of promised land where, oh, now I'll have more energy and I'll look like this so I don't have to worry about just... I won't have to worry about my angles and tucking stuff in and 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 how I take a picture or I won't have to worry about all of that if I just get to this weight or whatever. And I got to this size that I just had always idealized and I was like, "Oh, and my stomach still looks like this <laughs> and my thighs still like like I was like it was almost freeing a little bit because I was like, "Oh, so bodies are just weird and you're never going to get to this idealized version. So like, don't spend so much, this is my internal dialogue talking, you know, chastising myself. So don't spend so much time worrying about this because you're never going to get it. Like, just think about things that are more funny or (laughs) interesting or, you know what I mean? Like have (laughs) the appropriate amount of time. And that's one thing that, that I thought was interesting in chapter five too, of like all this time that we, that we that we worry about our bodies being um, ornaments when they're really they can be instruments to do the things that we want to. You know what what else are we missing out on? Waiting for that day. I was just gonna say I think it's really interesting to see a lot of like um, influencers. Like I've seen a lot of body positive influencers talk about like how they weren't happy when they were at their skinniest weight, um, and like they're happier now when they're in a body that's like maybe what your body's supposed to be at instead of like trying to find this ideal. Um, You know, (laughs) maybe it's not society's ideal, but it's like what your body needs to be at and they're so much happier. But yeah, maybe people look at them and they're like, oh, you're not healthy because of, you know, the stigma of thinness being what's Mm -hmm. ideal. I thought it was interesting on the bottom of 237, it says, weight is not an effective measure of attractiveness, moral character, or health. And I thought... Don't we all know that deep inside? But the fact that they had to put it in a book, and I see why, in (laughs) bold to kind of remind us all, this isn't like, this isn't a way to measure your worth or your health or your moral character. What, you know, I was joking with one of my friends uh, the other day about, wouldn't it be interesting if we worried more about, or as much about our moral character as we worry about our bodies, like collectively as a society? Like, wouldn't that be kind of funny, the things that we saw or talked about? <laughs> like, but joke's on us. <laughs> we don't. I mean, I think people put it towards morality, though, or like moral character, like that if you are like fat, because that mm-hmm. you know they're like oh you're a glutton oh yeah um, yeah and it says in you're the Bible not as you good. shouldn't be you're not as good I'm better because I obviously eat the right way when it's like we talked about earlier it's there's genetics there's like all sorts of reasons disabilities of why I might look yeah. the way I look and you look the way you look and you might actually not be healthy you might smoke a pack of cigarettes a day we don't know and yeah I don't know right. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's wild though. I get that uh, on TikTok. I get that the most. Really, um, comments of yeah, of like you're a glutton. So and it <laughs> just goes back to morality, like that I'm not a good person because um, I'm bigger. Yeah, so demoralizing. So how do you react? What is your because I think a lot of 
people think that they would know how they would react, but you don't really know. So what do you do when you get a comment like that? I mean, I usually don't respond, but because it's like, what's the point? They just want an argument. And so, but sometimes when it's um, people who have in their profiles that they're like, super Christian or, you know, like things like that. I'm like, oh gosh, I want to respond and be like, would, is that what Jesus would want you to do just to be out here being like, Hey, you're a glutton and you're gross. Like, I don't think so. I don't personally think so. I grew up, you know, Christian and I don't think that that's a nice thing to do. Um, So sometimes I'm like, I want to, but I just don't think it's worth it. You know, they just want an argument Mm -hmm. and I don't, I should not be engaging in that. It's not going to help me feel better. Well, and it's adding more like time and frustration and all that, Mm. but it does. And you're thinking about it. Yes, yes. And then that affects you. But at the same time, how do we make it better Mm -hmm. for for all of us? Like, uh, because if you are validated going out and creating that kind of chaos and and uh, judgment to other people, it does have an effect on our society, right? How can we right. be, how can we offer more compassion to each other and more kindness in, in, in ways? Because I really, I do feel like there's got to be something more that we can do, you know, to make it better for ourselves and for our others and for the next generation. What do you, you, you guys operate in, in social media. Where are you most encouraged? In social media, (laughs) actually, I feel like, uh, it can be the most toxic place to be, but if you know where to go or who to, uh, follow and the accounts and the, the kind of, uh, hashtags to sort of focus on, it can be the most empowering place to go, to be. It changed my entire life really and truly. Um, I have met more people in this space who espouse the same values and who aren't doing anything like trolling people or or like Mm -hmm. having these, and people who are having open discussions about the way that we're talking about these things. Because to your point about, you know, that you have to put this very obvious sentence in black and white, like don't we as humans sort of know that, you know, appearance is not attached to morality. I think sometimes on the individual level it is, we understand this, but we're so afraid because of the society and the community that agrees other, like this collective agreement that it's, that it's this other way. And so we're afraid to be. So I think that social media, um, and there's so many accounts like dietitians, influencers, coaches, um, therapists who are sort of talking about this now. And I think we need more people speaking openly and and holding discussions and, and educating and being an example so that we are like, okay, there are, there is a community behind this because I think that's what influences us is thinking about like what other people are doing. It's really hard to like swim upstream holding a value system that is constantly getting knocked down. Yeah. But if you've got other people in motion with you, it feels a lot more, it's easier. And it's, it's, you feel like you can get some momentum without having to like carry the load all by yourself. Right. Well, so you said that this changed your life. Help me understand that a little bit more. What was it like before and how did it feel when you finally found a community that you felt like you could be really honest with? So to your point about genetics, like I was, I come from a curvy Italian family and I have, um, I've got curves. I've got fat on my body that is in places that it's not supposed to be in, quote unquote. And I was always trying to get rid of it. Um, And when I started to understand and see imagery that wasn't like, you know, prime the cable, cable TV and, you know, 
I'm going to age myself here, but like Jennifer Aniston, who was like the icon of, you know, for me growing up, you know, when I was seeing body, more diverse imagery that I was saying, I want to see this and I want to see this and I want to see this and seeing it every single day. I started actually posting on my account, um, in my stories, just diverse imagery all over like color, shapes, sizes, genders, everything. Um, because, and the more that I actually was posting that for other people to sort of represent like there, this is, this is all bodies. This Uh is what bodies look like, not just the ones we're exposed to. I mean, looking at that every day for years, for like the several years that I've, I had that, I have that account totally changed. It gets in your, your brain understands normal as what it sees Mm -hmm. most often. So when I started giving my brain a steady visual diet of diversity, I really started to feel like, oh, my body's just a body. Like it's just like other bodies and there's all so different. And so I'm not just working with this one mental model of what a body is supposed to look like anymore. I have many more to like normalize with and to feel like I can exhale because I don't, you know, I'm not alone. And I think social media does a really, I mean, we're exposed to so much on there and we can, we can see more truth than just one angle of truth that typical, I think the mainstream media that's all they give us. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I think things need to change at that level, like at the media level. I think that's where we need to start seeing the changes for generations after us to actually feel like that there could be something different. Um, because like, I don't know, it, being able to see like a plus size, like, okay, so Drake just had Precious Lee in his um, music video and she's a plus size um, model. And that to me was like, oh my, I've literally never seen a plus size woman as a love interest in a music video, like ever. And that was like mind boggling to me. And I was like, we're in 2023. And that's the first time I've ever yeah, seen it's that like before. You're so impressed, like, but you're also like, why am I impressed? Yeah. It's, it was too late, but why like, that's impressed? good. I'm just proud right. of myself that I know that reference. My kids are going to be so proud of me when I come home and I'll be like, yeah. And I knew the right. Re- anyway, I di- digress. <laughs> I mean, I only know because she's plus size, but you know, like, um, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay hip to the, the music. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I And then we need to see that more in TV shows. Like there need to be, because like I literally didn't grow up thinking that I could be in a relationship because I wasn't thin, right? Like a and huge I, I part of your life. anyone who was, wow. yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I have to take what I can get because that's Ooh. what I'm being taught by society. I have to, I can't be picky because I'm not perfect. And I think like so many of us think that way. But if we saw people falling in love and doing normal things and having families on TV, then we can envision ourselves doing those things. That changes your mindset. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's curating your feeds, like you said, um, to like actually look like you look too. Like I follow a lot of people who have my same body type. That's so um, interesting. Mainly because of fashion, right? Right. But like I want to be able to shop. Right. I have yeah. found myself doing that though too because I also like fashion and things like that. And I think I want to see somebody yeah. who has a body like mine who's my age. Because I, yes. you're so used to not seeing yes. it. Everyone needs to feel part of a community to not feel like they're the only one. And And I think that, you know, to take it back to, 
you know, this to chapter five with how that relates to not just your body as, you know, an ornament, but also as an instrument. Um, I, I am curious as how then, like you personally reclaim your health. Like you're saying, you know, like we've read chapter five and we want to, you know, test out on like what, what it feels like to focus internally rather than um, how exercise might, you know, impact you externally, that kind of stuff. How do you... How do you suggest that we reclaim our own health? Gosh, where do you start? Um, well, let me talk. I can talk about like how I see it and how I do it for myself. So I went through actually a year of my life. Um, it was actually like the day that I turned 40. I was like, I, I can't anymore. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and I went on this like year long, like kind of like I'm just going to accept my body. I'm not going to try to change it anymore. I'm going to eat without controlling it and I'm going to see where I go. (laughs) And I said, I gave myself a year because I was scared of what might happen. And I didn't know if it was, you know, so I said, give myself a year. And if at the end of the year, it's not working out, I can always go back to that lifestyle. It didn't obviously take me that long, but I, by nine months in, I had like a relationship with food that I never had. And my mental space was so cleared. And my, like, I stopped exercising and all those things. And I was finding myself wanting to go back outside. I have three kids. I was like, I just need to get some space out of this house. Like it was my me time. I, I re I found, um, movement, especially for like real reasons. You know what I mean? It was, it was just a completely different experience of, what exercise had always meant to me. And I was realizing that a lot of my like frustration and overwhelm, um, my nervous system energy as a mom uh, was during COVID actually yeah. was like really translated through walking around and, 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 you know, going around my neighborhood and like being outside and things like that. So I started to understand the value of it for like me, for, for myself rather than for anyone else. And when I started leaning more into that and same, the same sort of scenario happened with food as well. And when I like, when you do something like that after 25 years of not doing, you know, not being like that or not engaging in things like that, you're like, oh my gosh, where have I been my whole life? You know, and that kind of like, I, you can't take it for granted. You never forget the way that it felt. So to me, it's like health to me is that feeling and knowing that I, like can stay in this space where I feel clear and I feel like balanced and I don't get, I'm not angry at myself and I'm not fighting myself. Um, it just led to so many other things that feel, it just feels healthy. You know what I mean? Like it just, you just know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is why I do what I do now. Um, but it had to be deconstructed in this kind of like drastic way um, for me anyway. But what a great example. Like, uh, you know, I mean, completely embodying the ideas of chapter five. <laughs> I mean, li- quite literally. <laughs> this is. <laughs> yeah. What about for you, Alex? I stopped weighing myself. Um, that was my step one. Um, because that for me was like, I was always looking at something on a scale and saying that's the measurement of success. Um, once I started doing that, um, I feel like my life changed. Like I... Instead of, because I think for so long I punished myself by like working out was like a punishment. It wasn't like something that I enjoyed. Um, 
because it was like, I have to make sure that my body stays a certain way or that I get smaller. Um, and the scale is going to tell me if that's successful or not. Instead of like being like, oh, I'm getting stronger or I'm, you know, like I'm toning something that I want to tone, but without like looking at a weight and saying that that's what's successful or a dress size. Because that too, I think, you know, pants size, I think we get wrapped up in sizes so much too. Once I like <clears throat> was like, it's okay to shop at a plus size store. It, that was really freeing for me. Um, so I, and then I was more confident. Like once I took those things away, it just yeah. made me feel a lot better. Um, because I was like, oh, I look better in my clothes and I don't care about what that means, like a size wise, like who, who cares if I'm wearing a size 16 or an 18? Like no one knows what um, sizes no we wear, but we think they do. Yeah. I know. We're like, oh no, someone's going to see. If I go up a size 20, you know? this is so no. embarrassing. Um, it's not. Um, but yeah, I think for, that's where it started for me. And then I started like incorporating back, like, um, working. I was always like an athlete growing up. Like I played volleyball and a tennis and all those things. And I don't know. I just like was like, what do I actually enjoy? Because mm-hmm. like I hate running. So let's stop doing that. Um, you know, and like do the things that we like. I like to do. Like I like going to dance classes. I like pickleball. And like sometimes I would be like, well, that's not enough workout. Like you're not getting enough you're not doing enough. Um, you have to do high but, intensity like, cardio you know, for one a, hour, or else it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. or something. You know and these like, weird rules do do that, that we have. Very weird rules. But yeah, I think once I started realizing that like movement could be so many different things too, and like I didn't need to be weighing myself as like some KPI, um, you know, like key performance indicator of like if I'm being successful or not. Right? Yeah. Like I'm like I'm my own corporation. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was that was like very freeing for me. I think that's so great. I really appreciate this conversation that we've been able to have about chapter five of More Than a Body because you really do have lived experience to exactly what the research says and encourages us in order to see our bodies, you know, more as instruments. And I really do appreciate you both sharing your dramatic, you know, experiences in the hopes that that people don't have to go through, you know, what we've all gone through um, in order to get to a place of peace and and understanding what real health is. Thank you so much um, for your time and for being here, Stephanie and Alex. And we will put in our show notes where people can find more about you and the great work that you're doing and can kind of continue the conversation uh, about body image and finding ways to be to really redefine health as well within this context of more than a body. Thank you for joining us on The Lisa Show and for our book club. We will be finishing up the final chapter, chapter six, next time. Mm-hmm.